podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the show that brings you untapped business ideas from successful entrepreneurs. My name is Chris Justin, and I'm here with Ethan Jenny. Ethan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Thanks to your help and encouragement, I have I have spent my first nine or ten dollars on NBA Top Shots yesterday. I don't know if I'm proud of that. I don't know if I'm <laughs> proud of helping you along that path. Honestly, I feel like I, I put you on the path to degeneracy. You're getting credit. I'm minting this banter as an NFT right now. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, ask ask your wife to forgive me if, <laughs> if that turns out to be a problem. We'll all forgive you. Let's. Uh, so so on today's podcast, we have Jeremy Chadling. Let's get into it, man. He's a, a software developer that successfully quit his job on August first, twenty fourteen, according to him. That Swiss Independence Day. Very nice overlap. And he started his own SaaS business from scratch. And that platform is called quickmail.io. It's a seven-figure business and a leading platform for cold email automation today. But today we're going to talk about a business idea he's bringing to us in the kind of business networking space. Chris, do you think a business networking market has some legs there? Yeah, I definitely think it has legs. I think everyone knows that LinkedIn is the top player in the space right now, but no one really likes LinkedIn. They're kind of clunky. They, uh, they're full of spammers. People are connected with all sorts of folks who they don't actually know. Just the other day, I got a message from a friend who said, hey, can you uh, introduce me to this person? I'm like, I, I don't actually know that person. Don't you know that about LinkedIn? I like to snuggle up with a little LinkedIn before I go to bed at night. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless of these downsides, Microsoft paid $26.2 billion for LinkedIn in 2016. What? billion. That's $1 billion for every mile I ran in my most recent marathon. (laughs) Jesus Christ. That is a ton of money. That's right. And again, that's a mile every eight and a half minutes at my pace. No, sorry. A billion dollars every eight and a half. Sorry. I'm bragging. It's a billion (laughs) dollars every 10 minutes at my pace. But that's still, I'll try to make your your marathon (laughs) times looking better than they are. There is a ton of disruption going on in the uh, social social networking space. Everyone's heard about Clubhouse, even things like Alignable, where people are looking to refer you to other businesses. But I think that's all just a sign that this market is ripe for disruption. People are unhappy with LinkedIn. And Jeremy has some thoughts on how he would approach this. So Right. So it's basically like a, a LinkedIn a LinkedIn killer, you know he would braggadociously call it. Yeah, networking, a professional networking platform that people actually enjoy. That doesn't have these downsides, not full of spammers, that's invite only. So so Jeremy, what kind of BS have you experienced with LinkedIn? Why don't you vent for a little bit? Tell us what, what kind of beef you got with LinkedIn. Yeah, so LinkedIn, I hated LinkedIn. Actually, I was one of the first adopters of LinkedIn as an engineer. It was so convenient, didn't need to do any cover letter, I could just send my link to uh, my LinkedIn profile, which I spent a lot of time actually carefully crafting, asking for reviews. And um, and I was pretty happy with my LinkedIn page until I obviously just left the world of nine to five and uh, started my own business. And then and then I think everything sort of like went downhill. Like, you know, you start seeing a lot of spammers, lots of bots, 
no later than today, I received an invite, one of the many invites, sorry. Uh, and it says something like, you know, impressed with your profile, you know, I got something of value for you. And, you know, as a connect invitation, it's like zero value, zero personalization, zero interest. I'm pretty sure this is a but. And basically the, um, the LinkedIn game is you create as many bots as you can, you connect to as many people as you can, and then you harvest all the information. So it becomes, it becomes that big network that is like not really personal anymore. I think it's important to talk about here. Why would someone have the hubris to take on LinkedIn? They're a huge competitor and you know, it can go on and on about all of the issues with it, but still they're absolutely dominant. They have a ton of money. They have Microsoft backing them. Seems like a fool's errand to try and start a competitor to take that on. Microsoft can't really innovate that much, so they're just buying stuff. It's not, they, they have the money, but I don't think, it's like Bing, right? It's like, it didn't really work that well. If they buy something, it doesn't really mean that they are going to bring it one step further. Like the innovation is still missing. And honestly, you look at LinkedIn. What is the difference with LinkedIn now and 10 years ago or five years ago? I don't see it personally. Yeah, they might be doing different things on the back end or you know, business development sure. things or recruiting. But yeah, and also you're making me think of the the good old, you know, Microsoft Apple rivalry, right? Yeah. So if Microsoft is gonna go ahead and push LinkedIn, then there's a space for not necessarily Apple, but an Apple like brand that exactly like you said, it's fun, <laughs> it's creative, right? It's not it's not as, you know, laced up and kind of buggy and not, you know, people aren't happy with it, but they still make a ton of money. No, like a brand that you has a why behind it. It's the famous example that Simon Sinek gives of, of a company with a why behind it. I don't know if that's the direction you're going, but we can we can definitely no, take it in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is when you find something broken, you just want to fix it. And it is a big project. That's probably why I never actually tackled it, really. But if I didn't have QuickMail running, this is definitely the next thing I will try. Because I think this is so easy to disrupt LinkedIn at the moment. Everyone assumes that this network effect means that no one can challenge them. I think Chris is totally right. This is the right time for the disruption. When I thought about we need to create a LinkedIn killer, the technology wasn't there. Some of the things that started popping up were not there. So I think now we got basically new tools in order to build up this ecosystem, right? Like LinkedIn is the only one that profits from you being on the platform in terms of revenue. Right. I feel like that's a very interesting point. I mean, I'm kind of kicking myself a little bit, remembering back to say, 2005 to 2010 or something like that. It's this sort of rush of this sort of good feeling vibe from companies like Google, where it's just like, just share openly. Like, don't be, it's great for everybody. And it's gonna like, you know, it's gonna make the world a better place. Don't be inhibited by, you know, trying to own everything. Right. And meanwhile, you know, that's because their business model is you share your thing, you be open, you know, I'll go hide in a corner and make money off of it. You know, That's and right. it's taken a long time to really see how that comes to fruition. And it's gotten even, you know, Facebook wasn't hardly around at that point, but it's gotten even worse with Facebook. It's just like I'm generating all the value and you're just kind of sitting there uh, leveraging my own chemical processes in my head, <laughs> my dopamine dependencies so that I just sit there and 
make that content. I agree yeah. with that as a problem. I don't think that that's large enough to get people to switch. I think that there are there's a vanguard of people who are really frustrated with that, but your average Facebook user, your average LinkedIn user, they don't really care who holds their data. Some people even say, I'm glad that they can use this data so that they give me ads that I like. I love buying stuff off of Facebook because uh, they're so in tune with exactly what I want. You hear that too. So I wonder, I mean, we're at the forefront of technology. We're doing a podcast, right? But most people, I don't think would switch based on that reason. Yeah, right. You're absolutely right. But you always have the early adopters. That's the one you need to find. And the early adopter will probably come from a certain niche. That could be people who pay more attention to their network. That could be we are going to only serve founders. That's where the invite will come, like the clubhouse type of things. The, the idea is basically once everyone is on that platform, everyone just moves, right? That's the network effect. Like if everyone, Chris, everyone in your network is not, is not on LinkedIn anymore, you're probably going to move. I recognize that model in various projects that I've worked on that it's oftentimes when we start a new project, especially if it's kind of disrupting what's already there, you kind of wish everybody was on board at first. But really, if you expect everybody to be on it before, you're going to be really on board at first, you're going to be really disappointed. And what you need to do is you will need to find out who are the enthusiasts about what you're doing and why, like, what is that reason? And then you have to really leverage that one factor that makes them go, I love this. And don't pay any attention to the people who aren't on board at the beginning, because like you said, they'll come later. Once they don't even know why they went and did it, they just did it because everybody else was there and there was no alternative. I could answer my own objection riffing off of what you were saying here is that the content creators are the ones who would jump ship. If you told the content creator that, hey, you're making all this stuff, posting it on LinkedIn, they're benefiting from it, post it on our network and you get a dollar per read of this article or something like that, then something like that would be appealing for them. And then people would start flocking to the platform that has better content. Yeah, that's definitely a trend. Sorry, nothing against uh, people with YouTube. You know, I got my own YouTube channel as well. But some people actually leave off YouTube. And some people are at that stage where they're kind of influential, but they're not totally making it. And so they're trying different revenue stream. Uh, one of them being like, oh, let me try Medium as well. And so they have like multiple revenue stream. That could well be one more right, to add. So if you manage to advertise that nicely to them, then there are chances that you can get some influencer on board. Once you get the influencer on board, then maybe you get, you know, the people who follow those influencers to. The other aspect of this that I, I don't know that I have an answer for, but I wanted to throw into the ring is LinkedIn is more than just a social platform. It's a networking tool and one that directly leads to jobs for folks. More than 60% of LinkedIn's revenue comes from their recruiting tools. The last time that they reported this number, I think, is in 2015, and it was 63%. LinkedIn recruiter for corporate costs $900 per month, and it's worth it, apparently, for folks to pay for that. I think their advertising platform is atrocious, and the premium subscription model, we already talked about that with InMail, is, is being not as valuable. So I don't know how long people hold on to that, but the recruiting has actually held up for a long time there. And any replacement that you tried to put out there, 
do we think that it would have to supplant the recruiting part of it as well? That's an interesting question. Yeah, I think that that's one thing that I was I was just trying to consider. I know for me, I'm not huge on LinkedIn right now, but let's say I show up on LinkedIn. What am I hoping? I'm hoping that somebody I connect with is willing to give me money for something. I mean, to be honest, you know, or we come up with a cool creative idea. Maybe we start a business together. I'm their client. They're my client. So like, that's what I'm hoping to get out of it. I'm not necessarily recruiting. I'm not looking for employees. And personally, I'm not necessarily looking to be employed as a traditional, you know, employee. But yeah, I'm curious, like, yeah, maybe you leave the recruiting things to LinkedIn and you go, let's see on this one. It's a little bit more about, Maybe we can optimize the type of connections you make with people where it's not just all this random BS and we can really target it. You know, I'm thinking about apps like Lunch Club, which is a new thing, which kind of promises, hey, you tell us what you're interested in and we'll set up some Zoom calls with, you know, somebody who's interested in the same things and you'll have a good chat and maybe you'll connect over something. Personally, I haven't had great experience with that, but it's interesting. A lot of people are excited about it and I think they're excited about it because they're sick of swimming through the sea of useless connections. And they would really like to have a more direct, tailored connection. Like LinkedIn doesn't say, hey, you should meet this person. This is exactly who you need to connect with. They just say, hey, here's a lot of people. See if you can find who you need to connect with. We're just going to put them all up here. But if you could have a service that was kind of like a LinkedIn, but promised to have more targeted connection, it's really great for you. It could be interesting. Yeah. And that sort of service, it, it's um, continuing on that thread. It's hard to imagine that being free and having enough users to support it if you're not doing the recruiting piece of it. And it depends. I guess it depends on how large of a business you're looking for. But to get to that network effect and and make it such that you know LinkedIn has 740 million users, members, I should say, not active users, but 740 million members. What kind of scale are you talking about here if you're looking just for, you know, the invite only higher tier type of connection? The chances are like when, when we create a company, chances are that you're going to pivot at some point. You don't really know exactly what's going to work for sure. I only mentioned one part of the plan, which is being paid for your page, being paid for your content. But the other part of it is cryptocurrency tokens. There is things like at the moment that... Glad you said it because I, I, I didn't want to be there. I had to turn this <laughs> just, just salivating <laughs> right now. You got it drooling. <laughs> that said, there is like Brave, the browser, and that is... It's probably making some people uncomfortable at Google, but... The point is that they create... And just to explain Brave really quickly, it's a more privacy-focused browser that blocks many of the ads that you see. It's faster. And it also allows content creators to directly monetize their content built into the browser. Oh, I didn't know that part of it. And also you can earn... I think you could choose to watch the ads that they would normally block. And when you watch them, there's like... I think they call them basic attention tokens or something like that. You basically get paid to watch ads. Which is not, you know, not unheard of in the past. Like I go to, I get paid to go do a market research survey or something like that, you know, and th those things pay pretty well, actually. 
Well, this is the second technology that I was mentioning that I think is ripe at the moment because microtransaction was very difficult, especially with Visa and MasterCard because they're taking huge, you know, huge amounts for transaction fees. But now with those sort of like crypto money, cryptocurrency, you could definitely create a LinkedIn killer token kind of thing. And you could do some airdrops as well. Whoever is the 10,000 people who come to their web to the website and then start building their own profile and then start, you know, connecting with other people will get those tokens for free and get some tokens. So the interesting thing here is that you can actually bootstrap a company like that with zero funds except virtual currency funds, right? Which you basically will say, I'm going to create my company with 20 billion funding. Even for, you know, those billions are actually not dollars, right? They're in your own cryptocurrency. But if people are smart, they may actually jump on the project where your cryptocurrency is worth 0.0.0.01 cents of a dollar. And then you bootstrap it that way. You basically use your own cryptocurrency as a startup funding. There's some really interesting aspects to this. And a couple of them are... Number one, what you said before, this sort of early adopter thing, right? If you watch what's going on in cryptocurrencies right now, there's there's a boom right now. But it's a lot of the people that were early adopters in the past, you know, five or 10 years that have made this boom possible because they decided to get into definance, you know, stuff. When you could have a savings account for Bitcoin. You can have a platform, Coinbase, to, to trade it. I don't know why I can't talk today. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> you know. so there's there's something exciting. And also, I don't know if you want to take this, but the decentralized aspect could be interesting that there's some sort of decentralization. But another cool thing about it is not only could you potentially earn these tokens by posting right content, a, a platform like Telegram is doing some interesting things with that. You earn dust when you interact on Telegram. But... Um, you could, it actually, if it's a job professional related thing, there could be a, a setup, people have been talking about this, where you can actually earn by helping someone else's career advance, right? Like you could even have investment in other people's careers where you get a return on investment, just like a recruiter would if somebody gets a great job, you know, or maybe you, you, recruiters don't even have to deal with billing at this point. It's just a matter of the blockchain keeps track of the fact that this person connected this person. And there you go. You get a commission on the on the connection. That's interesting things. And I don't know that, that that's being done. There's an example. The closest example that comes to mind for me is Steemit. It is a S-T-E-E-M-I-T. It is a similar to Reddit, except it's on the blockchain. And content creators, when they post content and their content is upvoted, they get paid for that. And people also get paid for consuming some amount of content. It's huge in Korea. I don't know why it's taken off in Korea and and not in the rest of the world. But I'm looking at the front page here and there's a post from 20 hours ago. It's been upvoted to uh, the tune of $706. So decent amount of money. It's a non-trivial amount of money uh, that's going on here. There's some for $448, $698, all within the last day. That's kind of interesting. So you can actually see how much that person is going to is making from it being upvoted. Yeah, from it being more transparent for like a YouTube, I can see, oh, man, they've got millions of downloads and maybe they don't aren't monetizing it or or YouTube's taking all the the money out of it or something. 
Oh, YouTube is certainly taking most of the money out of it. <laughs> it's just yeah, like... Especially at this point. It's, it's, it's kind of like YouTube, Amazon, all these open marketplaces where you would get a commission for this or that. They're reducing the amount that you get. So thinking of action steps here, thinking about how we would approach this idea to, to get it rolling. One thing that comes to mind for me is to do some research, and I'm sure this has been done, on the reasons that people use LinkedIn. Why do people go there? Do they go there to procrastinate? Do they go there to learn about uh, business or their job, how to get better at it? Do they go there to make these connections? What's that percentage breakdown? And how can you hack it to make to give them the most of what they want in a way that is uh, user-generated content? Yeah, you can also take that approach that's been recommended with apps. App sounds like an old thing to, to think about, but you know, there, there used to be this approach that you would say, oh, find an app on the app store that has a lot of complaints, but also a lot of users, right? So it's like people are using this app, but they're not so happy. And then all you do is create your own version of it, but fix all the things that people are complaining about. So you could definitely take that that approach as well. Try to find out what are the most common frustrations and complaints with LinkedIn and see if you can't create something that addresses those. I think you also have to experiment with a completely different format. I think it may be naive to think that you can do the similar thing as LinkedIn and uh, just fix some of these bot bugs and other issues that they have and, yeah, surpass them. We're not talking about that. We're talking about incorporating cutting-edge things like NFTs and crypto. <laughs> I just had to say that for you, Ethan. Just no NFTs. <laughs> yeah, no NFTs. But, but Do I get to plug the new podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, plug away, man. We'll, we'll have you go. Yeah, look for the Edge of NFT podcast. Yeah, yeah. New, You got a first episode of. Yeah, there has to be some twist that's going to make users flock to the platform. And I think before you do a full rollout, in the beta period, you experiment with that. Jeremy, you talked about pivoting. That's your chance to to figure that out. Yeah, th- this is interesting, Chris, because at the end, you will probably end up with something that may actually be a very profitable business and it has nothing to do with LinkedIn and LinkedIn carry on being crappy and not innovating and carry on. It is totally okay. I, I guess what Ethan and, and I are complaining about is the quality of the network. And people tell me, well, it's your fault. You shouldn't accept those people and so on. But I kind of like disagree with that because when you realize this, it's way too late. (laughs) The other thing is uh, there is no real, uh, this is something I like in Clubhouse is that you can see actually who invited who. The problem is that everyone just gave away their uh, their invite like that. Like, hey, do you have an invite? Yeah, I don't know you, but hey, here's the invite because I got plenty. I guess what would be very interesting is that if someone is flagged as spammer or annoying or something like that, then it reflects on the person who also has inv- invited this person. So you will end up with a, a very well-curated network where you can connect to only the people that are interesting. And it will totally make sense to connect to also the people that those people have invited because you know for sure that you know they're good people and at least they're really well connected. Yeah, super interesting idea. The obvious tension with that is how do you introduce that sort of friction in a way that doesn't inhibit the growth too much? You want to make it one of the reasons that LinkedIn is super successful. I don't think it inhibits because what it does is it creates scarcity. People want to be a part of it. What is it, Groucho Marx? I wouldn't want to be a, a member of a club that would have me as a member, right? So, but this is like a club that they're really not sure whether they want you to be a member. But I guess you could be a member as long as you bring somebody that's cool. And but yeah, I, I was just like in my mind thinking, 
you know, the specifics of what happens, right? Um, let's say, like, look at Facebook right now. If I send too many messenger messages, messages or something, and they're all the same, and it's like, gets to be spammy, Facebook will be like, hey, what are you doing? Like, they have these little pop-ups that say, like, hey, don't do this. And then they'll be like, if you keep doing that, you're going to be suspended for a few days or whatever. It, it sounds like this is a personal experience. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to be fully upfront here. I've definitely <laughs> tried to push the limits of Facebook, but yeah. But wouldn't it be interesting if it's like, so I'm getting some sort of like a reprimand, right? Like my account is stalled for a day or two or a week or whatever, or maybe there's some like points that come against me. But you could just create like little deductions or like little subtractions to somebody else's. Maybe they don't get off the platform, but maybe they get you know one out of ten anti-tokens and if they get 10 points against them then yeah they may have their own repercussions it could work pretty well and and it, it could give people that sense of yeah this this can this is a community that we have to maintain with something special it's not just something to abuse yeah what that makes me think of is the disconnect between how people act in the real world when you see someone face to face or even over a video call and how people act just over text-based internet it's common trope that people on Twitter will just, you know, rant via all caps at each other, saying things that they would never say to another person's face. If they met them in person, they wouldn't actually do that. But people, we haven't figured out how, how to have the decorum of real world interactions in these semi-anonymous online communities. By the way, by the way, I just thought of a very, a, a really funny idea. What if it's a platform where you could use expletives? but there was some type of currency and you had to pay extra and it would like totally reinforce this idea of dropping the F bomb, right? Like you can use the F bomb, but it's a bomb. Like it costs <laughs> a lot, right? Like to produce this actual word. That, I mean, all the rich people would just be They'd displaying just be their wealth with, with that. <laughs> you're not wearing gold. You're just dropping curse words for no reason. <laughs> well, you know, if you introduce the notion of money and for whoever is owning those pages, there's a platform called Clarity FM where you actually go to pay the experts. The problem I have with this platform is it would be nice if this integrates with effectively seeing the curriculum of people, seeing really seeing what other jobs they've been working on. So basically a merge of Clarity FM and uh, LinkedIn would be probably more convenient for someone browsing. So it could well be in that network that you will end up paying with those crypto tokens like, okay, well, I see Chris is an expert in podcasting. Let me go and pay him. The other thing, Chris, in order to get you on the platform is I could send you an email and say, Chris, you got $200 waiting for you on this platform if you create your account because people are either you know seeking for your advice or they started following you. And so therefore you have unclaimed tokens that you could go on and start claiming. right? And because we know that everyone on the platform is a real human being, then that's going to be much easier to manage the number of tokens and do some things like that. Otherwise, you're going to have like plenty of bots who create fake bugs, create some fake follow-up and stuff like that. But if you make sure that everyone on the platform has a certain is a human being and then you have those sort of like limited number of invites that limits the growth, then you can do much more things like that that won't scale you know, once the network is properly installed. And one more thing I want to ask Jeremy about. We had a conversation a couple of years ago uh, when we actually didn't know each other that well, but you had some advice for me and, and it's, you talked about pivoting for this business. And I think it'd be interesting to just bring up this idea and see where it might apply. And so basically I was coming to you, I had a business that was working okay, but wasn't sure whether I should commit to it or go to something else. And you said, listen, if it's working a little bit and you've got some money coming in, it's likely that you can expand that amount of money by 
testing other things, right? And then I even see how you're doing this with QuickMail, right? You have you have QuickMail and it's it's a, a platform that people can use as a software, but you also have a course, right? And you also have a podcast and you also have different now forms of revenue and products and that's expanding how you create revenue. So I don't know if you have any specific examples or ideas, maybe you don't, it's fine. But yeah, if we start this, can you imagine any directions that you can go then to kind of expand or, or pivot? Kicking off is uh, is always the difficult part. You know, it's a sparkle. You know, how are you going to sparkle this this network? We keep on saying like go niche. Like for example, it would probably start as a created personal network. Like I could contact all my founder friends and just make sure that we are on this network. It may turn out like actually it's flopping. Okay, well, let's go and and see if maybe some people who are influential in a cryptocurrency space, maybe they want to have their sort of profile or some community just for them. It's always that you're going to try one pocket or one small niche. It may succeed, it may fail, but if you start having traction like I mentioned to you, you know, if you got one client, you can get two. If you get two clients, you can get four. If you get four clients, you can get 10. So this is this sort of like snowball effect. And uh, once I find out a, a, a branch or niche that works, it could be influencer on YouTube, you know, those people who try to, to get multiple sources of revenue. Or it could be people trying to sell their course but need some sort of authority or, or social proof or something like that. So, you you try to keep on iterating and find out those those little niche. So I guess at the beginning will be uh, you know finding the personal network first of all, seeing if people would be interesting, and they will tell you no, and probably two hundred times before you find one yes, and that's okay. But once you find the yes, you're gonna have to find out you know why is this person saying yes? Why do they actually want to go? And then try to capitalize on that. That's probably how I would do it. And that's why I say that it's fine. The, the thing you're going to learn during your journey may take you somewhere completely different. But those two technologies that I was talking about, those two trends, which is like getting paid and not getting to a fiat currency, but getting in, in crypto and decentralized, those are actually huge at the moment. So that may be a time opportunity for doing that stuff that may not be there in two years or three years time. That would be what I would be thinking of and and keep on experimenting. That's that's super important at the beginning. Because right now we're just like guessing and it never works. You need to, you yeah. need to get some clients to to figure out straight away if it works or not. No, that makes a lot of sense. We're wrapping up, headed to the end here. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> Damn. Jeremy, where can listeners go to learn more about what you're doing? My Twitter account. It's uh J Chatelaine. Yeah, I know I could have chosen a, an easier one but it's the first letter of my first name and then the rest of my surname and quickmail.io this is my product go and check it out for your needs for cool outreach all right jeremy hey it's been a pleasure speaking with you here thank you very much for the conversation thank you guys awesome chat Podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.